Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, everyone. <laughs> it's the Red Men Originals podcast. We are here. Uh, I'm laughing for reasons not entirely linked to Liverpool Football Club. Thank you for that. <laughs> um, it's a sight I never thought I'd ever see, and no one behind the camera ever will get to. Um Hi everyone, Liverpool drew their opening game of the season against Chelsea, we're going to be talking about that, uh, we're going to be talking transfers and all the fallout from everything that happened over the weekend of course, because it's been a busy old few days and not exactly how we all thought it would be uh, when we woke up on Friday morning. Uh, I am Paul Machen, Steve Hall, Chloe Bloxham and Dan Club are here with me for this one. Um, we'll do. We'll come on to the Caicedo stuff because it's obviously the biggest thing, it's almost bigger than what actually happened in the in the footy ultimately but we'll, we'll talk more about that in part two let's focus on the game itself because uh, he absolutely wasn't involved in the game we know that for certain um, and he had a pretty good chance you know he could have been playing for literally either of the football teams played for neither um, Stay Chelsea won Liverpool won um yeah I, I, we were having this chat last night and we're having a chat today it's like the third or fourth season on the bounce where we're hoping that a game against Chelsea is going to tell us exactly where we are. Where we are, it might have done, but it certainly didn't give us the you know we want three points to say oh Chelsea we're definitely miles better than Chelsea and vice versa. Yeah, it was. Uh, I think it just explained. Uh, it was a sorry a typical kind of demonstration of where Liverpool are. At. I think we've got some really really positive things that we know that we're really really good at, and then there's some obvious flaws in the team that, and the, and in the system in particular at Chelsea. Managed to exploit. So I, I don't think we learned anything particularly that we didn't know. We know Liverpool have got really good technical players now. We've got really good attacking players. There's a question about the system and the, the vulnerabilities that and the, the suitability of certain players in it. And we all know Liverpool need to buy a defensive midfielder. So I actually don't think we learned that much. What I did, what I thought was that I think Chelsea are going to be a little bit better than I maybe thought they would be. I think they've and obviously they're going to spend a lot more money and things like that, but. I don't think we, there's not a new. There's not. I didn't come out of that game thinking like, like from epiphany of like, well that that's clear. We know the goalie's boss. We know we've got electric attackers. We know there's a bit of a problem in midfield, and we think we might have a problem on the left hand side of our defence. Well, yeah, sh- no shit, Sherlock. I think we knew all that anyway, yeah. and that's how it kind of played out. It was two teams that aren't aren't finished yet. Chloe going head to head, and I guess the hope was. For us, we were looking at how bad Chelsea were and you're hoping, oh God, is that, are they going to continue to be a mess? Chelsea don't seem to stay a mess for long. And you know, we'll come on to why they might be one in the long term in part two. But um, they've got a good manager there. They've got good players. They're at home. 
uh, they got the bit between the teeth, but there was there were there were there were, there were weaknesses to exploit there, and we did, and that was when we played good stuff, and then the, the flip was true as well. Yeah, for the first thirty, we could have been three 0 up, and we probably should have put the game to bed within those first thirty minutes. The final ball wasn't there, decision making in the final third wasn't there all the time, um, and as for Chelsea, the. The downside for me in the way I'm I'm a little bit disappointed with it is the fact that Chelsea have had so little time to work on that system and yet once they found out Liverpool's system and how to beat the press, they simply played us off the park. They just did in terms of possession, in terms of retaining the ball. Rhys James had a field day. You know, Enzo Fernandez ends up being man of the match, rightfully so. He, he bossed the midfield. We were chasing in twos and threes around players who were literally just tearing us inside out once we'd pressed them. There was one ball through the line and that is what I was disappointed at was for 30 minutes I thought we looked brilliant and I thought, wow, this this is the system. We've been working on it and we've had longer to work on our system than Chelsea and Pochettino I have to work on theirs and yet they dominated the game for a longer period of time than Liverpool did and there was no adaptation from Liverpool after those 30 minutes it was the same game for the next 60 it was Liverpool not knowing how to adapt and get a grip of the game and get a foothold again yeah we, we did we just struggled to, to get the ball mm-hmm. didn't we Dan ultimately you know it started <clears throat> it's we were counter-pressing high and that was causing Chelsea problems. We never, our counter-attack properly never clicked and then we never also, I think there's three ways of playing it. You know, there's high, there's high press, there's counter-attack and there's possession-based football and Liverpool at their best are brilliant to all of those. Mm-hmm. We were good at the counter-press until I think the legs fell off us in, in going so hard on that and then none of the others ever quite clicked into the gear that we needed to cause them more No, problems. they didn't, no. And I think it was interesting how after the game, Trent came out and said, we want to get back to our philosophy which is that counter-pressing stuff and we were brilliant at it for a while and it kind of sort of reminded me of what we used to do to teams in the, in the early days of Jurgen Klopp whereby we'd come out all guns blazing and just blow them away in half an hour and it looked like that's what we wanted to do yesterday we wanted to really get in the ascendancy and kind of kill the game off and Chloe's right we could have done we had chances to do so Salah hits the bar maybe just prize that Gakpo should take the shot himself we have the goal that's allowed and who knows how the game transpires if we do go two possibly three ahead <laughs> Stamford Bridge turns on them a little bit new managers stuff like that so there were chances there for Liverpool to do so but yeah it's interesting and it was disappointing how when we did sort of take a hit obviously we conceded the goal sloppy as it was we do sort of hand over the initiative of the game then and we never managed to grasp it back and get back and that's what was most disappointing for me actually because we didn't have another way of skinning that particular cat. Like we was like, we go all in, counter press, counter press. If that doesn't work, what do we do next? And plan B wasn't there. And that was what we were guilty of so many times last season. Whereby when we lost control of a game, our game management wasn't there to grab it again. And that was the case yesterday. That's why I'm a little bit uh, I'm I'm not negative because I never am, but I am a little bit disappointed because all the hallmarks of the issues last year were still on show. I, and I thought we might have addressed that. I thought as well, Dan, is that and I agree with Chloe. Liverpool, the way the tactically way it first set up, we, we it was perfect for yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. Because their game plan was to just give it to Conor Gallagher and let and play through him. And Liverpool were all over him mm-hmm. and identified it. And then Chelsea kind of switched. He stopped doing that. Fernandez looked like he dropped it a bit deeper. Or they started rather than trying to play into the middle. They give it to the wide centre backs, and then his job was to get it into Sterling. They or just James. went up. They went over the press. Over, yeah. either over or around the side yeah. of it. And I, and I and I know like Andy Robertson, for example, and I don't think he had a great game, but I also think the system sold him down the river a little bit. 
Reese James and Raheem Sterling, think what you want about you know, Sterling, probably on the, the downside now of his career, but he's still a good player. Mm-hmm. Reese James is still a, probably one of the best right wing backs in the world. I don't know about him as a right back, mm. but I think as a right wing back, he's excellent. And our system allowed Chelsea to pass around the side of us and get there time and time again. And it was almost like we were winning the initial battle, they changed, and then what that needs is for you then to adapt and switch, and we, we, we never really did that, whether it was personnel or shape or anything. We had we saw a little bit maybe of Lewis Diaz trying to get back and help Robertson a bit more, yeah. but it felt like we had the upper hand tactically, and you're right, Chloe, when you've got that, you, you probably need to go bang, bang, and get, and then if they do change, you, you're not still chasing the game. So that's, that's kind of like, it feels like... It'll even feel familiar to Liverpool yeah. on the pitch though, because again, we had that at times last season where it's like, it feels like it's all on the attack to win games of football for us. And look, it, it should be like that. It's always been like that to, to some extent. But the, the the sucker punching later on, I think you, the tactical thing's interesting because I don't think they're going to play three at the back this season. I think, you know, I think he'll play 4-2-3-1. But given the, the problems they had and they've not quite bought the players in yet... They've he's gone back to something that he knows that the vast majority of that team know how to play, and he's still built for it. He's again, Reese James is a right wing back. Chilwell can do a good job at left uh, left wing back as well. So they they had weirdly had more in their locker to flick stick to. Was Liverpool are trying to do something new, are sticking with their guns, maybe modifying it slightly dependent upon personnel. Like I think Trent played far more as a right back than he played as an inverted full back. You know that yeah, but that's because we have the ball. Yeah, exactly. But again, you could have gone gung ho and gone. No, we'll stick we'll stick to our guns here and we'll go more we'll go more on it. But as this is the point. The, they, Liverpool's idea was get more presses in the team and don't get Trent to overcommit out of right out of right back. Um, so they end up with effectively. I know they're playing wing backs, but that's and it was it was written out as like a three four three. It's not. It's five at the back when it needs to be five at the back plus two DMs in, in front of it. They gave themselves that solid base at home, and Liverpool's job was to try and be more on it and cause them more problems. And you're right, we never once they figured out what we were doing. It felt like. I don't know, and is that leaders on the pitch? Is that like a lack of strength in midfield to rest the game back? Because um, Gak, you know, Gakpo couldn't do that once the game wore on. His influence totally evaporated out, out of the footy match. Sobersly was at least commendable for being able to be on the pitch without losing without losing his energy. McAllister was firefighting for you know as, as a DM. We didn't seem to have that gear in us to go. Okay, yeah, let's 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 completely shift what we do, which is frustrating, but. Um, yeah, it's I don't fine. I just don't want to say because I think at 90 minutes the points are better point for Liverpool and Chelsea because I think Chelsea and for the majority of that game were probably better, but it wasn't like for ages, especially when I, I thought you know Allison was making save after save. It, it became that a little bit later where he did have to make some really important saves, but it felt like quite even. They had a lot of the ball, but like I just about thought our centre halves and Trent in particular were dealing with it quite well. Robertson was having a tough time, but his mates were just about backing him up. It's just that, you know, you're what, half a yard offside from being 2 0 up on cruise, like in real, you know, cruise control, mm-hmm. or real foothold in the game. Then they score what's a, a, a bit of a fluky goal, a bit of a nothing goal, really. That's it's a bit whatever. Then you get a bit of your luck. And then, you know, there could have been a red card. Sorry, there could have been a handball. I think it, there's definitely a handball. Yeah, so, let's do the handball thing, actually. Again, if you don't mind. Sorry, Steve, because yeah. Chloe, that's. It's Anthony Taylor. We know he's terrible. Apparently, Chelsea fans don't like him either. But mm. on the on the balance of that, I think they've come off with a better refereeing performance than we certainly did. I was prepared to concede the handball thing because I can you can make a case his arms are quite close into his body. It literally hits his hand, and his hand is in a bit of a mad position. And then I saw the Lewis Dunk one 
for Brighton where he's sliding in and it hits his elbow on the underside of his body as he's sliding and got it given and the problem is is that we want consistency and the problem is it's different people refereeing so you're going to get inconsistency but that's that is a, a huge sense of frustration that that's a that by comparison to the dunk one for me. That's an absolute clear cut handball. Yeah, but the dunk one's never a penalty anyway. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going off based off what's in my mind. The first time I looked at it, I thought it, you know his hands was close to his body. The balls came at him at a, a fast speed. He's expecting a player to edit the ball on. He's not expecting it to come his way. But at the same time, the more and more I look at it, the more I think, why have you got your hands up? Like yeah. you're about to shield your face. If a ball hits you in the face, a ball hits you in the face. You don't yeah. shield it. Um, and it's unnatural I'll give that 100% but the reason I didn't speak about it after the game was because his hands are close to his body so I can understand why it's not being given but at the same time the more I look at it the more I feel like he's just palmed the ball away to, so it doesn't hit him in the face but ultimately it's it's done forget about it because otherwise it's going to mm-hmm. like do my absolute head in um, and also you know it would have been a smash and grab if we had came away with something from, from that perspective um, for me so yeah it's it's one of them I think perspective's interesting as well Dan I, I was speaking to Rory Jennings this week about it and like they were saying like, the expectations of Chelsea are so low this mm-hmm. season because of how bad they were last year then you could see it actually that I, I'd say on the balance of play they were they were the, they were probably the better ta- better team the stats I know the possession stats are weighted heavily in their favour but most of the most of the people who do XG it come out about 1.28 apiece so it was pretty it was pretty close in that but look at their players on the, at the end of it they're, they're buzzing they're bouncing the managers in, in a playful mood and all this kind of Stuff. and that's because I think that yeah that they see that as much more of a win than Liverpool our expectations are we've got to get back to being a title challenge inside their expectations are they could they could do it being in Europe you know that's um I think that actually played into their hands a lot in terms of the attitude yesterday yeah absolutely it did yeah and like like you touched upon there I think it will be seen as a positive for them to get that result because in spite of what happened last season for us and we were miles away from where we wanted to be we're still very much seen as contender like anybody of any sense <coughs> would suggest that we will be up there and fighting again in the not too distant future obviously we know as Liverpool fans being so close to it we are actually quite a long way away from that it's still possible uh, especially if we're getting the players that we want in this market of course but yeah I don't think I don't think it was a great draw for us because I think we're in a better place than they are now. We kind of touched on it in the build-up show. We, in terms of the surgery that needs doing, we felt like we were much further down the line and they feel very much like a team in progress. But as it transpired, you know, they are a bit better than what I give them credit for, to be fair. But yeah, I think you're right. I think in terms of expectations, our expectations remain because of Jurgen Klopp is a lot of this remain to be fighting for, for titles and competitive for trophies and Chelsea's as you rightly say are just get somewhere near the top four again because they were so so far off it last season ours was seen as a blip theirs was a major major problem so I think that's why in terms of the result yesterday, you're seeing Trent coming out saying he's disappointed and we want to be fighting for the title. The the winning mentalities, the, the where the squads are at and the stages of their sort of progression are completely different places, and rightfully so. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, let's talk about some of the good things then. Um, Salah, set up for Diaz goal, stays brilliant. You know, he had a couple of a couple of heavy touches, Mo. I don't think he was quite on his on his game, but he was he was such a threat in that period. When Liverpool were on top, Salah was absolutely brilliant and yeah to pick that pass out when there's a year earlier on in the year in the, in the last season he maybe just tries to run Colwell into the ground twist him inside that a bit more 
but the opportunity presents itself, and that's one of the things you can see from pre-season. We're always going to have willing runners looking to looking for that ball. You just got to pick them out, and he did it fantastically. Yeah, it's interesting because, like I say, we we saw um, Andy Robertson get you know he's, he's a left back getting dragged over there, and he looked a bit uncomfortable against Rhys James. Well, Colwell is a centre back, and he looked he looked out of his depth against most at that time. Do you know what I mean? He's he's a good player, mm-hmm. and he's one that Liverpool were reported willing to spend a decent fee if they could have got him out of Chelsea, and yet. When Mo Salah stands you up and you've, he's got like three yards, you, there's a bit of space between you and he's so quick with the ball, it's pick your poison. Because if you do dive in, there's every chance he just jumps past you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then see you later, ask, you know, um, Lissandro Martinez what that feels like. You, you know, you see you later, all, all the best. But if you give him two yards or three yards, he's got the ability to pick that pass. It's a wonderful pass. It's a brilliant Liverpool goal. From start to finish, every part of it, from the little knockoff, I think it's Sobis Lyon to McAllister. And then they pulled it away, and it's a great ball, and it's a great everything about it's brilliant, and that that's a huge positive for me because yeah, you're right in saying before about the counter press and looked okay, but we didn't really counter attack well. Well, it's nice that we didn't have to score, we didn't have to counter attack. That was just a good goal. Yeah. You know, that, we just played the round. Chelsea team that were pretty much set. They mm-hmm. were where they needed to be. They pulled just were able to knock it around them, get the ball to the best player, and it, it's really nice to see Diaz making that run. It's a great run. It's, it's yeah. a Sadio Mane esque goal yeah. run it's uh, I was doing the final word this morning apologies to if anyone who listened but um, Sam Walker said it reminds him of the goal that Manny scored remember against Watford in that 5-0 it was a very similar it was a solid ball for him and then Manny was able to run onto yeah. it that was a huge positive moment for us because that was Liverpool cutting through Chelsea like with our best our technical player yeah. McAllister's job is to pick that pass Salah touch of dreams you know he kills it dead yeah. and as soon as he kills that dead Colwell's in trouble he got away with it before because Salah's touch just a few moments earlier his second touch got away from him it's a perfect goal and it's, it's, it's hugely encouraging that you know it's not, it's, it's, Salah's fucking brilliant I mean, he gets a comment getting taken off I don't blame him because he should do but he is still you know he's still Liverpool's best player and he showed it again that is like I don't think there are that many wingers in the world who are goal scorers as well who can pick that pass. It's a, it's a very select amount because the, the angle, I think Sky done a really good job of showing the angle, like the, the lane that he had. It, it, it was a very, to get it through Colwell and round the back in front of the, yeah. the defenders, it's excellent, it really is. It's, I mean, we saw plenty of encouragement. I want to come back onto the Salah substitution bit in a minute, but just, just to pick up on the, the tactical approach, Dan, I, I, I saw things in that game that, only bolster my expectation that Liverpool are going to be a brilliant attacking team this season. Yeah. And one of them was, was was obviously Salah's creativity. The amount of times we actually worked the ball to Salah in actual reasonable shooting opportunities, which was which was great as well. But even um, Topper's like, who I just thought I don't think was exceptional. Thought he had a, a good solid good solid game. But that run in the first half where he's picked it up on the right hand side, Jordan Henderson in that one recycles possession yeah. or tries one of those whipped balls to the to the back post, which you know. Ha- ha- had had a success rate. I wouldn't like to say what the success rate was. Um, Low. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but what we saw from Sob is like that. That I fucking I'm just going to go for it attitude, mm. and not in like a a blind headless chicken. What are you doing? And I admit when he started the run, it was a bit like, what are you doing here, mate? You don't run in from that situation. But he takes like three players out the game, and then a little miscommunication from him and Jota makes it a you know takes it away from being a proper chance, I guess. But that was a really encouraging thing for me. No, it was yeah, and it just sort of speaks of how many attacking weapons we do have at our disposal now, and it makes it really difficult for opposition managers and of course opposition players and defenders and stuff to sort of know where to prioritize. Because as good as we've been in recent years under Jurgen Klopp, and we have been absolutely exceptional, there have been times in games whereby 
day, you do kind of look at the front three, and you could even speak about the bench on this and look at the bench and go, I don't really know how we hurt a team off a bench. Like, Origi's had his moments, of course, mm-hmm. and Minamino less so, but he did. But really, it was a case of, right, Firmino, Salah or Manny, you are going to score our goals. And more often than not, of course, he did. But there were games whereby he couldn't break a team down because you might double up on Salah and you might have a quiet game, very rare quiet game that he has. But now, when you add the attacking midfielders into the mix and what they offer, and then you've got different attackers on the bench like Darwin Nunes and people like that. It's just, even Cody Gappo yesterday, you're right, he didn't have his greatest game as an eight. Certainly as the game wore on, he fell more and more out of it. But he's a goal scorer. He's a goal scorer playing as an attacking eight. Like, he could quite easily let fly from range and suddenly you're tuning up. Same for Sobersly. The run was something in itself, but a couple of moments whereby you could see Fancy the shot and he actually has one that gets deflected over and he might yeah. not have been the best option. But the fact he's willing to take it on is something in itself because we haven't had enough of that in recent years. Like, Ox had his spell, the knee before his injuries, whereby he offered something different. Now we've got Sobersly, we've got McAllister, we've got Harvey Elliott as well who comes on. Curtis Jones will have a crack from Maine. So it's just nice to have these positive options, but just want to very quickly touch on what he said about Diaz because it's something I reference in my match reaction. It was boss to see him score that goal because it was Sadio Mane exactly what I said as well because him arriving at the back post he scored goals for Liverpool we've been quite critical of his numbers mm-hmm. but he has scored goals but he tends to be spectacular goals like the Palace one for example but him arriving at the back post is predatory and yeah. it's something he needs to add to his game so the fact he does it is a really positive sign yeah absolutely I think there was, there, was, there was so much in that early spell Jota looked good Gakpo looked good you know supporting the attack it all it all looked like it was clicking and it was all making sense and yet, you know, it doesn't quite work out that way. But if you're looking for things to build on, there's that. We've now got a big chunk to say, actually, we did this. We went up against a, a, a Chelsea team that was separately defensively at home and did cause them problems in that spell. Yeah, we did. And, and like you mentioned, we probably shouldn't have, should have finished the game inside 30 minutes, aside from, you know, some decision-making. You know, Cody Gakpo, the one where he should just slot yeah. it bottom bins across the goalkeeper. And instead, he does a pass, which to Salah would be OK if the pass isn't behind him. Yeah. If Salah can run onto the ball and put it into the corner, then sure. Um, so it was just a couple of moments where we didn't have the right final pass or we bombed it at someone or it was behind the player, but we were in really good positions and everyone was worried, or not worried, but everyone was talking about how Salah's now going to become this, some creator-type player. Well, he could have had a trick the other day if we would have gave him the ball in the correct areas. He nearly scored a wonder goal at it, the bar. So it's good to see that he is not being just stuck out wide. Um, and also the creativity we've sp- spoken about how important the creativity <coughs> is on that right hand side previously with Trent and Salah and Henderson doing the dirty work well the creativity in the first 30 minutes from that right hand side was incredible because you had you had Sobersly getting into it you had Trent Alexander-Arnold who does the pass for the assist for Mo when he's offside um, you had Mo Salah linking up and then also McAllister was doing this run from deep which I didn't like as a DM but you know it, it was there in the first 30 where he was overlapping as well so there was so much creativity going on there we just need to be able to do that consistently whilst also being solid defensively I thought on the defensive I thought the two centre backs play well I thought Trent defended well no I I think I got dragged out a few times for me but but that's because we haven't got a DM that, well, exactly. That, that's not, that is not him. This, this, the point is that he has to go into areas they didn't want to go into. That, yeah, yeah. That's not his. I, I think he, when he went, yeah, I think he had to go. It was that he, because the, there's no one there. That this is what happens with this system is that it's all well and good. I thought McAllister had a very good game, but you can tell at times he still wants to wander and get on the ball because yeah, that's just, that's just natural to him. It's hard to just yeah. sit there and and be the you know the, the Fabinho lighthouse. That's a that's a really 
it's a different skill set. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a different thing altogether. You know, Conor Gallagher found that difficult because he doesn't naturally do it either. Um, and McAllister's twice the player he is, but mm. it, 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 the system itself didn't help them. But I actually thought, as individuals, I thought Van Dijk was somewhere near his best. There's, there's a, there's something on the goal where something goes, you know, he goes out and it's a bit messy. But I don't think you can really blame anyone for the goal other than probably maybe the first, the clearance has got to go. But mm. I thought Van Dijk was more, you know, he won a lot of headers from post, looked strong. I thought Canate was good. I thought Trent because he's played at right back, defended really, really well. Again, Trent was good. Yeah, good. There's some, um, there's some quick criticism about Trent on the goal, but again, he's, it's hard that because you kind of. You are where you are from, from when you're defending a set piece. You, 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 mm. It's hard to track runners because you're too busy trying to get out. So, Robertson had a tough one, but I thought the actual the, the I was worried about the level of the players as well as the system last year. I thought, especially not so much actually. I thought he was all right. He had a few stinkers. The just the consistency of Van Dijk and Alexander Arnold this time last year, um, they looked poor, like not poor because poor too much. But like they didn't look anywhere near it. I thought yes, they did both look switch on defensively, which bodes well. If you can get again these little fine tweaks in attack, and I think, so again, who who knows when and how it's going to be. But if Liverpool can get themselves a proper defensive midfielder, with all due respect to Cody Gakpo, he can play as an eight and he's good at it. But I'd much rather that be McAllister than Sobers. Like yeah. if Gakpo's on the pitch, he can get up front if he wants to. I think that you can see it all clicking together, and you can see a lot of players in good form, and there's options available if, if they're not. So I think there's enough there to take from it. I, and again, I know some people might disagree, Paul, but like, I don't think you can ever really turn your nose up at a point against Chelsea away. Mm-hmm. I know it's uh, people. I, I saw Matt from the Sanfield tweet, for example. You know, these good points become bad points the more of them you get. Well, they do, which is because last season, we this is what happened. We ended up in a situation because we didn't beat Fulham, and then we end up going to Old Trafford. Basically, needing to beat United mm. in order to, you know, in order to to not be a, a catastrophic start to the season. You don't go to Old Trafford with an expectation of getting three points. It just doesn't just doesn't happen. And, and I, I kind of made this point yesterday as well: is that if you beat Chelsea at home and you take four points, that's what you should be doing. It's just that if people are going on this whole Chelsea only the twelfth best team in the Premier League, then you're going to be disappointed with a draw away away at Stamford Bridge. Was in reality, they're not, and they never were. They were they were mismanaged into that. They were they had much too many good players to be anywhere near where they ended up in the league last season. I mean, the fuck's sake. He ended up with Frank Lampard as the manager. You know what I mean? He was, he's, a, he's just not good enough to manage in the Premier League. He wasn't good enough to manage Everton. He's certainly not good enough to manage Chelsea. So they were in that situation for, for a variety of factors. And look, the same goes of, of, of us too. But yeah, it's it's the context is king. We don't have the context yet. We've got the context that we're applying from last season, where we want Liverpool to be. Our fears around how Liverpool are being set up for the season, personnel-wise, training-wise, etc. Um, but the context will come in the next two or three games mm. and beyond, beyond really. So I agree. I don't think it's the worst thing to go to Stamford Bridge and not win. It just, I think we all for our own sense of like happiness neither us to sign Caicedo and neither us to beat Chelsea and we'd have all been feeling loads better about the whole the whole thing the other thing just on the defence sorry is I thought they had alright games yeah I, I thought in very unlike Virgil manner he literally when a ball had come near him he'd boot it anyway and that's not what the Virgil that we know when he was at the best Virgil had a tough touch taken a player out the game and passed it off I don't know have you seen the Virgil van Dijk swinging a boot at something and going because he spooned it is a very familiar Virgil van Dijk sight by the way but carry on Um, yeah yeah, but 
but he, he was more of just a hoof the ball and I liked that you know he didn't put us in a panic situation due to that obviously it meant that no one could bring the ball down and our attackers were just chasing nothing um, I, I thought he did well with that I thought you know he was Canate was, was the problem where I thought he was probably better than Virgil for the first 30 minutes when we were really on top he was winning the ball back constantly he was winning 50-50s and then when we didn't win enough tackles that's the big problem for me that midfield did not win enough tackles the other day they were going in twos and threes and not winning a single tackle I think uh, I think we won four tackles um, I think I think Lucas Paqueta there was a start Lucas Paqueta got more tackles in a game the other day than three of our midfielders the other day than all of our midfielders put together that is not good enough mm. um, we obviously know that we need a DM and that's what they're to do um, but also on that I mean maybe that's why Canate was getting dragged out but he was leaving acres of space and the other problem for me was Virgil and Robertson were either too close together and no one was manning Reese James or Cody Gakpo wasn't coming back or Luis Diaz or the other option was they were too far away and there was no communication and that just meant Sterling dropped in between them uh, you had Nicholas Jackson run off the back of Virgil Virgil didn't know whether to go or stay and they were constantly in behind <coughs> down that right hand side I think that's the system uh, and that club. is the system yeah. that is the problem we're not used to this system Someone in possession it's really really good out of possession we need to learn what to do someone having proper wit with wing backs is going to be really hard for the pool's yeah. full backs to deal with because Andy Robertson's meant to be he's meant to be narrow if we have, when yeah. he's meant to be narrow that's not the point because Trent's going to be in midfield that's fine but if he's narrow and there's, and there's a really good player chalk on your boots old style over there then what you do because the second you go and stand on Reese James the whole integrity of the system's gone because that's where Sterling can pick it up and Jackson can be running off and yet the flip side is if you come narrow which I think you probably should do yeah. you're giving the ball out wide and I think what Liverpool are going to have to get used to and I think that's why I was quite encouraged is there's probably going to be a lot of crosses coming into our box mm. if this is the system that we're going to play the, the, the way to get round is to go round it like, like they did and Chelsea identified it with Reese James and what I would say is for the most part pretty much all of them we dealt with all those crosses really, really well. There was a lot of headers, there was a lot of blocks, there was a lot of first balls. Jackson has a tough chance that he puts over the bar, but Allison's right on top of him and he's got men round him. But there's no perfect like system in the world. Unless you've got the, like Man City where you've got the ball all the time. That's how they don't get attacked. Well, it's funny because I was, I was saying a lot about this, about like when Trent advances and it leaves holes in behind. There's not a system that on the eye doesn't, you're right, leave it, leave it concerned. So it's funny when you read Klopp's book um, bring the noise and he, he was like a big proponent of like playing 4-4-2 in German never, they never played 4-4-2 in Germany it's just not, it just wasn't done because there was a, a perception of like how the defence moved across and it was like well look it leaves all this space over on this far hand side you can just kick it across and no one kind of clocked onto by the time the balls travelled over that way mm. you just move over and you, yeah. and you cover it but there's these misconceptions that happens around footy and you're right there's, there is no absolute perfect system everything's got a hole to it in, in some way shape or form eventually you meet it and it's either teams parking the bus or whatever I think we got caught a little bit out by their change of system but you know again they've played 4-3-3-1 from what I can, I can tell all pre-season and they've just gone back to they've just gone back to three at the back and I just don't think they were trained for well, what happens when Reese James just plays right midfield the, 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 midfield, the midfield we had in is that's going to be difficult to play against the three at the back with wing backs because you're asking 
Cody Gakpo. Do you think? Sorry, Steve. Do you think if we knew they were going to do that, and of course it's footy, yeah. you would you do start Jones in midfield in in that one instead, and just give oh, yourself Gakpo. a little bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Gakpo, because he's look, he's a nine and he's a winger. I think he does a good job at times in that eight, but. He's less inclined. Well, he's more inclined to go that way than go. Mm-hmm. The, the well, it depends what your situation is because the flip side is having Gap on there in the first place meant Liverpool had a really yeah. good start. So it's picky poison, isn't it? Like, yeah. And I always think, and I've said this before, even that go for the positive option yeah. and go and try and be. And, and if Mo Salah isn't half a yard offside, it's two 0 and we're not, and we're not bemoaning that. So again, there's pros and cons. But Liverpool are in a position where, and this, this um, you can't sugarcoat it. We've started the season now and we haven't got the squad that we need mm-hmm. to play how we want to play. Alexis McAllister, I thought, had a really good job as a DM. And he, he won a lot of tackles and he yep. won a lot of balls and he got stuck in. He's involved in the goal. He probably should have an assist at the end, which he, where he makes a bit of a mess of it. But he's not a defensive midfielder. And I do wonder if someone with a little bit more defensive acumen and a little bit more knowledge of the firefight and just goes, you know what, I'm going to go and help over there. I'll get closer. To, it'll be me who can get to close to Raheem Sterling. And because I put, again, Andy Robertson, I fell for him. He didn't have a good game. And Rhys James really had him on toast at times. And, and Rhys James is a good player, but that he was getting sold down the river. He's, just, he's got Sterling and Rhys James two on one every time. Yeah. And all he did was a one two every single time. And he's like, yeah. what the fuck here? And then it, it wasn't until second half, I think Diaz started helping out a bit. And, and um, Sober slided a bit as well. But. You're taking away from your attacking players. It goes back. I think yeah. it was McAllister. We should be starting in the eight, mm-hmm. and yeah. he then gas that like little bit of defensive stuff. But he's playing yeah. it further up, further up the yeah. pitch, and yeah. we're not as overcommitted. Whereas when you think about it, Sobers lies. If you talk, he's a right winger. You know what I mean? There's been being pulled back. You know to play it's a very attacking line. Well, we play. We did. We play with five, effectively five forwards in that, and behind that, a number ten playing in the playing in the six with a left back playing at centre half and a, and a fucking set yeah exactly and a, and a midfielder playing at right back as well by all, by all accounts and you know again that's mis- that's a little that's there's wider issues at play with that that's not acceptable you know we need to have more players to be able to give us better balance but you're right they've gone they've gone with the best foot forward they've gone to try and blow it away and it nearly works but when it doesn't work you end up in that situation where you've you've thrown your flurry of blows if you've not knocked the guy out you're a bit you know, you've you've kind of blown yourself out. You've got to get. You know, we had to get to half time, big time, and we did, and we never really got back up to the level after after we'd done that. But um, their goals ultimately changed the vibe of the game. It was exactly the same as two seasons ago when we went up early against them, and then they got the goal, and then the momentum shifts, and all of a sudden they're first to every tackle. We're a little bit late in our presses, and they thought yeah, it's, all, it's all on top. And so ultimately, yeah, it was fine. Just the, the substitutions before we before we take a break, um, Dan, I. I don't, I don't want to colour any, any any opinions. What was your, what was your thoughts on what Cup did? Pro Salah into this to the players that came onto the pitch, the players that yeah. went off. Yeah, I to start with the Salah point. I, I said during the game here because I've been a huge advocate of Ben Doak during pre-season. Anyone who's watched a minute of one of these shows will know that. I think he's been absolutely outstanding. I think he's got a hell of a future ahead of him. I think he's got a big role to play this season as well. Yesterday wasn't a game for Ben Doak in any way, shape, or form. To me, it wasn't stretched enough. Chelsea was still too organised. There wasn't enough space for him to operate in behind. Didn't suit him in the slightest. And I was amazed that he made the double change that he did. I didn't think in any world he would take Diaz and Salah off. I just felt like Salah would stay on the pitch. To be honest with you, I think he clearly felt the same. <laughs> because he very much wasn't happy with the decision. He wouldn't have taped his hand up so much if he had to take it off. Yeah, yeah, it took ages. Um, 
Yeah, so, and I get, I, obviously I get his frustration. And in one hand, I quite like his frustration because he clearly felt that he could have had an influence on the result. He felt like he should have stayed on the pitch because, it, ironically, Liverpool got a bit of an upper hand. And I actually think to bring another substitute in, I think Harvey Elliott was a huge part of that. I think he was brilliant. And I think he had a really good end to his pre-season, actually. Obviously, he comes back from England duty, 21s. And I think he was really lively in some of the cameo roles he had. And I think yesterday was no exception. I thought he was superb when he came on. He was everywhere. He was busy. He was making things happen, getting us back on the front foot. So it's not a huge shock to me that we kind of got back in the ascendancy when Elliot came on. I think he was very much a driving factor in that. And it's funny that had we have had Salah on the pitch and having his influence and sort of the unselfish Salah and what we've seen in his ability to pick a pass, who knows what could have happened towards the end because Ben Doak, I think he had like six touches when he came on. He never got into the game at all, which is no criticism of him. Like I say, it didn't suit him. Um, but yeah, disappointing to see Salah like that. But again, it smacks of his his desire and his hunger to win games of football for Liverpool. So it's a good thing in a way. It was a nonsense taking him off. Absolute nonsense. Absolute nonsense decision. Ben Doak could go on to be a Liverpool legend. He wasn't going to score yesterday. No. Just wasn't ever going to score a goal. We didn't have the ball. Enough. And Mohamed Salah can score you a goal. And what's, what's worse, and again, it's hindsight 2020, is that they just took Rhys James off. Yeah. He, he went down with like, it turned out he was tired, which again, there's your captain and all the best with that one. But they bring this lad on at left back, right back, uh, Gusto. And Liverpool up swore, and he, he had a couple of ropey moments, but who was there? And we had like Dom Sobers line. I was playing left wing, and it wasn't right. And I just, I just think in hindsight, he could have like if he just, uh, he never, he seems to always take the airs off. I don't know if he just doesn't think the airs can go ninety minutes. Most Allah can go ninety minutes. Most Allah can go all day. So I think it was a poor decision. I understood. I thought. I think you're right. Getting Elliot on worked. I thought Elliot had a good game, but. One all at Chelsea. I don't think you take Mo Salah off. No, I, I, I don't. Think, I, unless yeah. he's injured or having a bad game, and he wasn't having a bad game. Mm-hmm. He kind of wasn't. In, he just wasn't. Well, in I've, I've seen it in numerous places. He's not getting the ball. Yeah. So like, yeah, exactly. what do you want? What do you want Mo Salah to do if he's not? And if, Mo, if Mo Salah can't get the ball, what the, how's Ben Doak going to get the ball? Yeah. Because Salah's more likely to be able to read things and get in the right. And there is and there is just something though, just to, just to play devil's advocate on it. It's just pace. You know what I mean? It's just it's just if you're just going to get into situations where you're just going to you're going to pump into the channel, are Chelsea going to throw the kitchen sink at it to go and get the win? Mo Salah's slow, No, but he's also yeah. I think he sh- I think we saw it in that game. He didn't win any. He didn't win any major foot races because they they've got fast lads too, and there's just something there to what we've said all preseason. You know, we said bring Doak on with ten fifteen minutes to go. So in theory, I, 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 it was it was fine logic, and there's something too. I think if you're going to tell them we've got six options and three players, you know, it's a meritocracy. Everyone plays, everyone fights for it. I don't think I think Salah was sat there going, yeah, honestly, yeah, this rotational thing, you guys, yeah, I totally get it, totally get yeah, it. You, you guys are a rotation, yeah. But I don't think he was prepared, and I—I'll I, be honest. I've changed my opinion on it. I don't—I'm not sure. I'm totally keen on the how he goes off the pitch. I, I like that he's passionate, but he's meant to be one of the leaders on the pitch, mm. and I don't think it does Ben Doak any favors to be to have to throw a fucking strop when you're coming off. I, you know, I remember, and again, I, I think of one isolated instance. He may have done this the other way many a time when Zabi Alonso used to get subbed off. He'd run off. Because there's something to my job's done here now. Unless you're trying to run the clock down and you're giving it a big like, oh, clap all four corners and undo your tape and undo your socks and all that kind of stuff. If you want to win the game, the manager's made the decision, mate, to get off the pitch and go and make sure the lad get who gets on gets a fucking proper yeah. go on. I, you're a leader. Go and grab Ben Doak and go and say, fair, go and do did, it. To be fair, though, Salah did give us high fives. No, I mean he did <laughs> just was, about, mate. Yeah, you know pissed, what I mean? He was pissed off and he should be pissed off. And in, again, I think if you want to find whatever. 
there's a world where you can leave one and Salah and Diaz on. Yeah. They don't look like he's to score a goal. One of those two. There was even a suggestion if he really you could put Salah up front and you could do you can put Darwin left. Yeah. Putting Sobosly left wing, I don't get it, and I, I just think Liverpool missed a the trick there. Yeah. Because especially with James going off, th- this lad, I, I, I don't custo, I don't know him, but I wasn't impressed by the 15 minutes I saw. He, he didn't look comfortable at all, and we had no real way of exploiting it. And you're right, what it didn't do, it didn't do Ben Doak any favors at all. Ben, he'll be fine. Yeah. And yeah. listen, there's games where he, and he, he should come on against Bournemouth, but when ben, if Ben Doak's coming on for Mo Salah, Liverpool should be fawning up. Yeah. And Mo Salah's having a rest. You don't take your best player off at one all. I'm the, just not having it. The only don't, other thing again it. is there was a moment. The moment that did my head in was actually, and it was a Salah moment. Thinking was because I think Trent got the blame. I think you said it was Trent's fault at the time. There's a little moment where we're playing a little give and go in the top right hand corner, and Salah plays this such a lazy pass to Trent. Yeah. It's just yeah. so not no intent on it, nothing. And I just you know again, it seems stupid to try and. To have a learning, you know, and use this as a teaching moment in a in a game against the big top four rival or whatever. But our biggest issue last season was malaise. It was players not giving absolutely hundred percent in ten percent. It was players not empty in the tank. And if that says, you know, and if Klopp feels for a second, and I'm just speculating as to what he might think on that, if he suspects Salah of holding on to something, like he's not given. Salah's supreme. He's the most. He's the fittest guy on the pitch. He plays every minute of every game forever. If there's any even a hint of suspicion that he's going, well, I'm just going to make sure I've got a little bit left for the end of the game. Then I don't think there's anything wrong with it. We've got six. So we've got six players for those positions. We've got five subs to be used. I think it's where it's a, it's an it's an interesting case study to tell everyone. Nobody's safe here. You go and you run, you run. Because Cody Gakpo ran every ounce of energy out of his body on that in that game. And I think Diogo Jota did the same. I think Diaz probably did. I don't think Salah did. I don't think Salah was I don't think Salah was knackered, so why are you taking Salah off? That's my only my only thought. Yeah. Yeah. But again, there's good there has to be I can't that there's there's got to be a right a wider reason to a play for it. Is it part of us just Strip feeding them into the season, you know. No one's asked when Pep takes Erling Haaland off. With, I know it's normally because he scored five goals. I was saying that but, yeah, but they do. Up. But they take their they take their top players off. Kevin De Bruyne doesn't play ninety normally because he's gone off injured most games. Mm-hmm. But um, you know we do have to manage the squad better. We can't have it both ways. We can't complain when all of our best players get injured and then you know and then whinge when we try to protect them I guess but I, I look by the way I've spoken a lot on this I totally think it was fucking stupid to take your best goal scorer off the pitch in a game that was there to be won so there must be something there must be something more to it um, Neil O'Callaghan with the Super Chat here says uh, this has been the most depressing weekend being an LFC fan that's a slight exaggeration I that, is bollocks, no. that is balls you have not lived been long yeah. oh, how long have you been a fan for mate Jesus Christ he says it's like the club and just to that's part of that. Uh, it's like the club doesn't know how to operate and the team and Klopp are going to pay the price so amateurish by a top club <sighs> so I've just done a video it's one on my channel it's not out yet but I was talking about this about the mess that the Casado stuff's let us in I want to we'll start with that in part two because I think it's a good place to kind of pick up on that so thanks for the super chat we'll pick up on that um, very short break from us and then yeah let's talk the Moises Casado mess and beyond after this 
Hey, our brand new book has landed. It is Bobby Firmino, Best in the World, an A4 format prestige limited edition book featuring incredible insights into the life and times of a cop icon, taking it back to his days, his boyhood days in Brazil, his transfer to Hoffenheim and a season by season guide to his time on Merseyside. Follow the story of Bobby Firmino, get great stats, insights, quotes. You're going to see fantastic photos photos from his times at the Reds and unique artwork from a whole host of incredible Liverpool artists as well. It is a very limited edition, limited run, one and done. Grab one while you can. We've even got a special author signed edition available as well and even more limited quantities. Head to redmanmerch.com. You are sure to be thrilled and marvel at this wonderful creation of ours. Yes, head to redmanmerch.com. Grab one today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yes, head to rebemerch.com and pick up your copy of Bobby Firmino, Best in the World. Uh, sell them fast, so grab one while you can. The author signed editions. I'm genuinely astounded how popular those have been. I'm really pleased that people... One hour signatures on stuff. Bank fraud or someone's copying. We was doing them signings, and Paul went to me. That isn't your real signature. I was like, yeah, mate. I'm just giving everyone. Just to be careful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You've not done a book signing before. I just had to make sure you weren't giving away the back of your, your back of your credit card. I'm sure you it wasn't. You've got your you've got your hero signature, your rock star signature. I mean, there's no money in the bank account if you want to. Yeah, like Liverpool, funny enough. Yeah, well, actually, no, it's quite the, quite the opposite as we discovered. Nice there's hundred and ten million quid sitting in there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, just to follow on from um, Niall, Neil, uh, Neil's comments, Niall's comments. Neil's comments, sorry. Um, pre the break, I I have I generally feel like Liverpool are a mess. I just don't feel like there's a great the, the club's being particularly well run, and I do feel really I felt loads more down because and it was exacerbated by how happy I felt when it, the it, the story broke that we had a bid accepted for Caicedo. It all looked like it was done and dusted because that's what happens. Bid accepted. Now it's just you know by all accounts like the medical was being sorted and it was like the, the process and we st- again we we were here well no sorry I was here were you here yeah. you were here you two were you fucking no. lucky bastards um, but like 
it's the process we know what happens you press go and then it's like right it's cool so that's going to happen so you do your reaction then we do some more stuff on, on plus then we start to try and find as many journalists and coaches and all that kind of thing to speak to as possible it's go time because this is going to follow and then it's like what then he's going to do the medical and he's going to sign and we had the, the weekend was all mapped out because we've done this before we know what it looks like and then yeah it, obviously then it just completely spins on its head and then we're all left in limbo and you know all these like fucking mad have you know chances on twitter start throwing their all in with their little tidbits of bits you know second third hand information it's it depressing it's a bit of an exaggeration but it definitely felt like a big kick in the teeth um Clow, it was it went you I, you I know you felt it acutely over the last few days it was it, it was a real it felt like we were on a real high and it did feel like it absolutely it absolutely took the legs off the mood over the weekend uh, my sleep schedule is being ruined for absolutely no reason at all basically um, yeah I'm gutted to be perfectly honest it was the fact that no one ever thought this would be a possibility like not a single Liverpool fan we all might have wanted it but no one thought we stood a chance Um and to have it go from no chance at all, not even a snippet of this being uh, a, a plausible idea, and then a bombshell to be dropped that actually it's already done, they've accepted it, they've agreed it, it's about a medical tomorrow, you had a half one in the morning, people going absolutely mental. I was sat there laughing in shock at what the hell have Liverpool just done. It was confident to see, you know, we were not spending 50 mil on Lavia two minutes ago and we all thought, Jesus Christ, we've got no money. What are we trying to do? AR, have 111 million straight out. It was... <laughs> to have that ripped from you um, when you seem like you've got it all done it's really gotten especially when you know uh, how much we need a DM how good he is and you know you can say that 111 million is ridiculous money it was a record British fee wasn't it but at the at the end of the day it shows how much we're in trouble but not just that it shows that you're not just paying for him now he's 21 you're paying for the next however many years of him uh, nine um, at Chelsea yeah <laughs> nine at Chelsea Um so yeah, it was just, it, I'm not gonna lie, it was depressing. It felt like you've went from the biggest high ever and I think it was mostly because no one thought we'd ever see that happen and no one thought it was a plausible idea and for it to actually, for, you know, five hours become a reality, it was brilliant to have it snatched from underneath you. And obviously it hurts a bit more knowing the fact that they've spent 800 mil in three three windows and we're over here not paying 50 mil for Lavia trying to get them for 47 instead mm-hmm. um it, it's a kick in the teeth and then to go on from that it was throughout the day before we even did the match build up I was already hit because by 10 a.m someone had told me Chelsea were coming in for them again um and even though there was this deadline from Brighton well deadline means absolute fuck all to yeah. use over there yeah. um and then oh no we won't Casado but guess what you know that other lad who you've been going on with for four weeks trying to bid for him yet we also now want him to have 55 mil on the table uh, they want a goalkeeper as well because they're getting rid of Kepa they've just signed Denzel Washington apparently I mean how he's, how he's that actor's managed to come all the way over here I'm not sure um, they're, they're looking for so many other positions and I just feel like where, where do we even go from here who's next I can't move on because I don't know who's who else we're looking at the issue is is Liverpool got played. Yeah. And that's what's embarrassing. Liverpool did nothing wrong, yeah. Liverpool went to a club 
No, sorry, it's a lie. Liverpool went to a, an agent or a player and said, would you sign for us if we can get a bid? They were told yes. They made that bid. They got that bid accepted. That's what you're meant to do. Yeah. Yeah. Liverpool played it exactly right. They go to the people and go... And, and moreover, in going for the big bucks, that was the encouraging side for me. It was like, yeah. Liverpool have got the money. They're still prepared to go and spend what it needs to be spent on the right on the right players. They've gone and get, got who's you, about to go and get who's the best available in the market at this point. Uh, no, uh, no cost isn't an issue. And you're right. And then, sorry, can't yeah, yeah, and that's what that's what's happened. Like the Lavia thing is a separate situation. Co. It turns yeah, out, it, is, yeah. it turns out Liverpool have got the dough. They just don't think yeah. it's worth it. And that's yeah. fine. I'm all right with that. Like as long as, but you've got to then have someone who you think you can spend the money on. That's the point. If he doesn't come to Liverpool now, or he does, whatever, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Um, but the Liverpool did the Casado thing exactly what you meant to do. They didn't. And I heard, like, why didn't they bid for him a few weeks ago? Well, they thought he was going to Chelsea, and then that was dragging on and dragging on and dragging on. Excuse me. And Liverpool go, you know, there's an opportunity here. We're, they're doing the exact thing. Let's go and speak to his people. Do you have any fancy it? Yeah, okay, let's go to Brighton. What do you want? Yeah, okay, we can do it. That should be it. Mm-hmm. The issue is, is that they've obviously been sold a, a lie somewhere. Yeah. It might just be that, that um, it was like, yeah, we'll sign for you. Oh, but they didn't really think it was going to there's no way that he's going to bid for him oh, well, now the, well the idea of the deadline thing gave surety on that because you know you don't want to get caught into a bid more with Chelsea clearly, <laughs> clearly mm. you know because they'll find a way to they'll find a way to, <laughs> to beat you at any cost and I think Chelsea are going to be in all kinds of trouble in the year, in, in years to, to follow but you know that's another conversation for another day but that's the thing about it Dan is that yeah it, it, you know it's Brighton has set a deadline. The, the, they'll be few. And the worst thing is, of course, is the timing of all this and all the other general feelings of negativity. It's being lumped in with like as like Liverpool and aptitude. I'm with mm. Steve. If this isn't the Liverpool, haven't, haven't Liverpool haven't aren't the ones who fucked this. They've been fucked. But of course, the net result doesn't make any difference. We still feel just as shit about how the football club's being run. Yeah, and what's happened since with the Lavia stuff makes it look even worse, doesn't it? Because yeah. we're left without our plan A or B and, and sort of scrambling around about who to turn to next. So yeah, it is a difficult one. I think Liverpool did exactly the right thing when it comes to Caicedo. I think keeping the bid on the table after it was accepted was the right thing to do because otherwise you walk away, you allow Chelsea probably to sign it for slightly less, potentially potentially lines up against you on a Sunday as well. So mm-hmm. you make that happen quicker. So Liverpool acted accordingly. They acted absolutely correctly and they acted in a way that sort of should fill us with encouragement that like you both allude to there we are willing to spend big money on the player that we see fit and I, I agree with Steve I don't think the Lavi situation's ever been a case of checking our back pockets and down the couch for the cash to get him I think we don't think he's worth 50 million yeah. I think we, we think that's over the odds and listen we may well have our hands forced and paying over the odds because we might not be left with much choice when it comes around to it and that could be the case but I mean the whole time we just thought he isn't a £50 million footballer therefore we don't want to pay that and that's always been our stance we don't want to go to any negotiation and get our pants pulled down so I don't really blame us for that and it does fill me with encouragement that we were willing to go to £111 million for Caicedo because We've done that a lot recently, and I think we're quick to forget. Like we fast forwarded the Louis Diaz transfer, and we thought there was a sniff of was it Tottenham getting mm-hmm. him, didn't we? We thought no, we want him. Let's go and pay now. Let's get it done January. Same with Cody Gakpo. We did that recently as well. So when we see an opportunity and the player is the right fit and he ticks the boxes, and I've said for a while about Caicedo, I dragged up that old clip of me saying you're going to hijack that deal because he is the answer and clearly Liverpool felt the same he's the answer and when the answer's there staring you right in the face and there's a chance you can sign him you pay the money for it and that's what we're willing to do we're willing to pay through the nose break our own record by some distance break the British record and that's a good thing now what it means the result of it the end cost of that is that you haven't got the player 
and you might not have your plan B either. So what Liverpool do next is essentially anyone's guess. What I do think, though, sort of to bring it back around to all of this, is I don't think Liverpool now, nothing's off the table now for Liverpool and what we do for the rest of the window because the options have kind of come and gone and they've been sort of crossed off the list for various reasons, age, injury-prone, valuation in terms of like the, the club want too much money for him. Now we don't have any choice because previously Caicedo was there and Lavia was there. We knew that all along, but now they're off the table, potentially, I think Lavia might be. Um, now those sort of excuses, if you like, are gone. We just have to go and sign someone and our reasoning for not doing can't exist anymore. I suppose as well is that the flip side is mate, everyone now knows you've got 111 yeah. million quid. Everyone, well, everyone, nobody do, like, for example. They don't, well, yeah, no, I agree. I mean, look, we could argue that it was that 111 million pounds being put in a, in a in a suitcase and handed over oh, to yeah, Brian. It yeah. wasn't, but I agree. Broadly speaking, what it, what, you, what you're saying is Liverpool people know Liverpool aren't paupers, yeah. but they knew that anyway. Just to say, like, crying poverty as a top six club doesn't wash with other football clubs. Like <laughs> yeah. it's not. A, <laughs> yeah, you are yeah. right. Liverpool yeah. aren't notoriously lavish spenders because that's not the way we run the football club. But you go to Brighton, Crystal Palace, whoever it may be, for one of their players, they know when Liverpool come knocking, there's money to be found somewhere. So yeah. they've always known that. I think that I think the play is you go to Real Madrid and you just make them make a decision on show many. It's all well and good just saying, is he available or can we have him? It's, it's another thing going, 90 million quid there, lads. Yeah. You can have, like, make, well, I you, just don't think he's 90 mil anymore. I genuinely yeah, but, don't. Again, we haven't even at least taken Chelsea out of the market. Moises isn't the third best player in the world of all time. No. But that's what the fee they're paying for. It's beggars can't be choosers, Chelsea and us. And I say beggars, knowing the fact that they're very rich beggars. But you know what I mean? Like, no, but we're in a situation now where we yeah. are beggars forward the yeah. end. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We, are, we are desperate to get... We haven't got a single... We've got Stefan Bacchetta, just the only defensive midfielder really in the club. Yeah. And he's a lad who's played 10 games yeah. and his hip fell off. So, like, you, you, we need to do something. It's what you go and do now. Next, yeah, like, yeah. I have no issue with Liverpool getting made a shot by the casino. I mean, I do in terms of, like, it's not great, but in terms of how Liverpool acted, I think Liverpool acted fine. But yeah. the... The fact is now. To be fair, it's, but based on that, you know, we we were out at the uh, the boss night thing on the Thursday night, yeah, and we ended that day with the rumours that Liverpool were going to outbid Mel Reddy. It was the one who said we were prepared to, but we hadn't lodged a bid. And I did a video going, "There's no way Liverpool are doing this." I was like, "Chelsea don't want Lavia, and Liverpool don't want them because there's no because they'd have just come in straight away with the bids." So when the rumours started to break and you were getting like little getting weird, it's like oh, it looks like they're going to do something. I was. Shocked that they yeah. that they they pushed the the the, the, the pull the trigger on that one, but that was again, that means my understanding of how they act is not correct. I'm not up to date, you know. I mean, I, I've got a I've got a, a lot of us have got a strong suspicion of it, but that should be seen as a, a positive that they are prepared to go and do things. But you're right, it's not their fault. But they need to. We're now left in a situation. All the best intentions are great. Best intentions can't yeah. play defensive midfield for us. Like ambition to sign players can't play centre mid for you. You know, can do going and buying players. You can play in defensive midfielder. So it's great that they've tried this, and and it's really annoying and it's shit that it's failed. And the worst thing is they're going to pay. They could pay the price in the worst way that they've taken their eyes off Lavia. And if Chelsea have actually unsettled that move for us as well, then let's call it what it is. Chelsea have played a fucking blinder here. Yeah. It's stupid all the contracts they're giving out and all that kind of stuff and again I contend in two or three years time when they're on another they're two managers in and they don't want half the players and they can't shift any of them because they're on all on eight year contracts they're going to be up shit creek but um, I mean they'll just ship them off to their mates in Saudi of course like you know I mean but I um, 
it's all that's all sound Liverpool now need to can't, they can't fuck around anymore no. we now know the shape of the transfer budget was that all the budget I don't know maybe you've got to go and get it we can't I I am what's the word I acknowledge the other flaws in the squad Liverpool need a centre half it might be that they need a left centre back as well but if you're listing the priorities they have to go and get a defensive midfielder and I'm all right with Pachetti's back. Well, whoever that's I saw, we saw Chelsea. We literally watched Chelsea in exactly the same boat. Don't own a defensive midfielder, and they've gone and they might resolve that by spending 175 million pounds on two. Yeah. That's the kind of I don't I don't need Liverpool to spend 170 million, but we do need to have two defen- two guys in the club yeah. who can play defensive midfielder. You need your main one, and if there's something wrong with him, you need someone else who can do it without compromising other areas of the pitch. Not just did we compromise compromised the sixth position by not having a six we compromised our eights by not playing McAllister I think I'm happy with Pichetic as the second option behind someone boss and McAllister and Thiago doing bits in home games against like with all due respect you know looting at home or saying we'll play Thiago whatever but yeah, I think that's. I think if you, you've you've spent you've you've fucked yourself by waiting a year to get your midfield rebuild underway, yeah. and if Liverpool are stupid enough to leave themselves with an eighteen-year-old kid as the main, yeah, yeah, who's had a, who's just got, hasn't had a preseason, yeah. then it's just there. It's a, it's the iceberg, but it's like being the captain of the Titanic, but being told the Titanic it's an iceberg. We've seen it happen before. You've watched the film before you even got on the boat. Like you mean, like this is coming, so we know because we've seen this happen when Liverpool can't this can't can't be that season. You can't put all our hopes and players onto one main defensive also, midfielder. I suppose, mate. The fact that we've just seen them being prepared to spend a record transfer, they know. I mean, they're not idiots. Yeah. So you would like to, I would still contend. I'd be shocked if they don't buy someone. I, just, I don't know who it's going to be. That it's is right, the problem. That's the, I, I don't, again, this, the Shumani stuff makes perfect sense to me. It really does. It's you now. Do you want to sell him? Does he want to leave? He's starting at the, in the base of the midfield at this moment he is, in time. Yeah, he is, but the, yeah, and that's the thing, he might not want to go, and, and that, that, that's another problem. There's loads. Find but, out. Yeah. You're going to have to go and ask some questions yeah. over someone because, you know, we knew that they were prepared to, you know, they, they were interested in Jude Bellingham and it, whatever reason that got too high. They were willing to, and they literally put a bid in for Moises K, the one that got accepted. So they can't see they've got no money now. Go and find one. There's got to be a DM somewhere, and I don't give a fuck if he's for sale or he's not. You go and make you go, go you go and make him for sale. Place, go, yeah. Yeah, there's enough money there where you say, "Listen, how much is he worth? He's worth fifty. I like, sound listen." The whole thing just doesn't go. make sense, does it? You know what I mean? And again, it comes down to how highly Liverpool value these players. But it's mental that we, if we're going to buy Lavi, it's going to be ten million more than we could have got exactly. him for a week before yeah. because we fucked around with that one, and we fucked around. And it's and I said it's fine if you fucked around because you're waiting for something bigger to develop, and then you then go and get that thing. Which was the intention with Caicedo, all the best intentions. I was fine with us. Now, I, on Friday, I was like, what a great idea to slow play Lavia because it's meant we can now afford to buy Caicedo instead, who's a better player. But now you've you've not got it. So you, your next move needs to be something decisive. But the problem is, is that what's the pecking order look like? No. How far down our list are we getting? Because, you know, we're, see, we're starting to see, yeah, the Tiumeni, great. I think Tiumeni is right at the top of that list. Yeah. But if he's not. If you can't get him, then he might as well not be on the list. Who gives a shit? Who actually who is who is on there? And how how Florentino, Luis, Paulinho. Well, yeah. it's totally yeah. them having a three million but, release clause. Right, yeah. Florentino, Luis. Yeah. yeah, not now, No, but 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 you don't know, do you? I mean, the, the problem with, the problem with release clause, and this is where it gets complex, is that 
Liverpool were not spending £111 million in one hit on that. Release clauses are that. That's why no one really pays huge release clauses. You know, all this, every Spanish player, it's like a contractual thing in Spain. Mm-hmm. I've referenced it before, but like there was Danielson had one when he first joined Real Betis when he was the most expensive player on the planet. And you know, had to shut two Spanish banks to pay his, to pay his minimum release clause because it was just a contractual obligation. We're getting to a world now where people now do because of Neymar and all that yeah. kind of stuff. People do just go and play those ludicrous sums. I don't know that Liverpool will have 105 in their arse pocket to hand to Luis, yeah, and, also, and that's the problem. Yeah, again, to Corey, Paulinho, they're all, you know what the thing is, they'd all get a game for us, so that maybe, yeah. that's where we are, but yeah. none of them are like, I don't think you're doing somersaults at this moment in time, where that was the best thing about Casado. I, I was with you, I, I was feeling a little bit un, unwell on Thursday, and I was awake. And then half one or so, and David Ornstein, I was like, "Wow, this is like, mm. this yeah. is this is outrageous." And then obviously you mentioned I wasn't here on Friday. I was um, I was at a wedding trying to keep, kind of half keep abreast of the situation, and it was just, all I was getting. I just saw the the Red Men WhatsApp group going mad, like, "Yeah, we've got him. Yeah, in. No, oh shit, no, he's going to Chelsea." Romano says this, Romano, and it just became a big mess. And Liverpool now, and I, I saw Jamie Carragher saying like, a little bit of criticism. I was like. I don't think we should criticise them for that. I think you should criticise them for being starting the season without for the being end. in the yes. situation yeah. where, yeah, we're in where that, we yeah. have to do that. That they, they, they're two separate arguments, and they're both. I think they're both legitimate in terms of. Go on, Carl. But, but sorry, very very quickly. The the only point now is that we got told they slow played the Fabinho sale because they wanted the replacement lined up. We've just played the game in the Premier League against Chelsea with no DM because we didn't have that replacement sorted. Mm-hmm. You'd have been better keeping Fabinho yep. and saying to him, you can go to Sardi when your replacement's here, mate. And unfo- like, either play do they, wouldn't he? And unfortunately now we can't. Go on. Go on, Dan. David Ornstein. Oh. oh, God. Liverpool are among a number of leading clubs who have a long-term admiration for two and many. Um, oh. But, but, see the France, the 23-year-old France international as a key player and would not consider his departure. And the midfielder has no interest in leaving. Jesus Christ. So sad that he's off the game. So there's that. Don't worry, we know. Move on. The thing for me is, I don't think it's embarrassing what Liverpool have done because Liverpool have surely gotten. It is, look, it is a bit embarrassing of like, you you make your move on the dance floor for the the best looking person in there. Nothing wrong with taking, taking, taking your shot. But if you've then told everyone to watch you while you do it, <laughs> that's the problem. Yeah, the, it's not embarrassing at the fact that we've we've gone and done it and we've you know put our money where our mouth is in terms of that. The problem is it's embarrassing that this player's first of all chose Chelsea over Liverpool. I don't think that. I, don't I, I do slightly. You I understand it. I understand it's money, but in terms of if I was a footballer and it's my career, I won trophies. I think Liverpool is the best destination for that out of them two at this moment in time. That might change in the but long you know, run sorry, with how much Chloe, money they have. You know what the problem is with this is that Chelsea have spent the last six months convincing him that he's that yeah. that's the club and he's joined Liverpool because Chelsea couldn't look like Chelsea weren't going to stump up the cash and then you go well actually well go on, I'll go Liverpool I'll be absolutely mm-hmm. fine I'd be interested in, in the past but when the club who spends all that time wooing you come along then you're going to turn and that's the issue we've got yeah. Is and we, we reap the benefits of this loads of times in the past you know making players sweet on us but oh, that takes time t- taking verge of on exactly. Blackpool and stuff like but that but that's what I mean yeah. but that, that's, that's the problem with this is that we've left ourselves in a position where it's that the old uh, 
um, 50s tradition where girls would have their dance card and you'd write, you'd write your name on you could only get so, yeah, so many dance slots in a night we have not been courting any defensive midfielders in, pre- in preparation for this situation or certainly not enough of the level that we're looking for and so they're all they're all taking musical chairs they've all picked the chair already yeah. and that's the problem we're facing now and now I think the most embarrassing part of it all is this Lavia you've got to now crawl back to Lavia and go are oh, you mate no actually we really did want you yeah. um, we just wanted both of you turns out we can't do that yeah. so now you're going to be you know number one instead of number two um, you're not going to be I on the bench I don't, I don't I do. think it's a I, th- I think it is I think it's a little bit embarrassing the fact too that, late, by the way yeah, that's the issue well, my dad yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's embarrassing the fact that you've had to now go back to him apparently he's had his head turned and he wants to go to Chelsea if both of them go to Chelsea it's embarrassing mm-hmm. it is for Liverpool because you've you've been stumped out of number one and two you've been spending weeks you talk about women people we've spent the past three four weeks trying to get Southampton we, our, our transfer approach is like a single man press and when you you tear after someone trying to you know I'm going to leave this and blah 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 and they just two men just knock it around you know, and, and attack and that's what we've done we've it was all under our control we were playing this nice calm sensible game bits probably a bit too slow and a bit too stupid by the looks of it and then we've just gone full steam in on Kais- on Caicedo and in- and Chelsea Chelsea have just basically won two that round yeah. us and actually maybe look like they've come away with our two our two now top targets for themselves and this is the problem with this all is we're competing against Chelsea this season they're going to be in-, in the hunt for those top four places and they've gone and bought our top one and our now seemingly top one and two targets for the position of we, you know, what what what's what's left on the table? What's left on um, the market for us? I don't think it's that bad to go back for him because ultimately you're, you're saying to the lad, listen, you know, it's you, it though when it, we wouldn't pay fifty, not, there look, had to be a reason why we would not, not pay fifty to then go and pay sixty. It's stupid to have to pay sixty because we've done again. We Chelsea have absolutely pulled our pants so down. We, there. Which so is just have a quiet, a quietly to, to to quietly raise the value on our top. While everyone's looking at this headline, Caicedo fee to quietly go. Liverpool should have just gone in with bids for both. Yep. If they was, if they, you know, again, if they know the out, if they know the outcome, go and get a bid accepted on Lavia mm-hmm. and get that to a point. But that's because to me again they can't, that Liverpool can't afford, couldn't afford both otherwise they could have just gone and got this done and Chelsea can't, clearly can for now for whatever reason and yeah at, they'll pay over the odds but they've, they've either we end up paying more than we want to or they've stolen yeah. the, the, the players the thing, out of our nose the final thing noses. for me is is that putting 111 mil on the table isn't embarrassing the, the problem is what happens next and also it's the, the feeling for me is that <coughs> no one's ever going to compete with Casado no one we go with now, as soon as we sign them, they might be unreal, but no one's going to feel as big as what Casado joining Liverpool would have felt like. You're right. And I then... know I have to now change my expectations, but to go from thinking, oh my God, imagine a midfield of yeah. McAllister, Sobersly and Casado, so, and then we go for someone the o- more disappointing. The only thing is about turning bad situations into good. And I think if I'd watched us sign Casado and then seen... Andy Robertson's performance, I'd still be thinking, shit, we desperately need mm. another centre half. And if we've just spunked all our budget on Caicedo, we were, we're committing to going into the season potentially without addressing that problem. And again, this is me really reaching here. Like, but if that's the budget, I would rather us see us spend the budget on. I don't want to see us spend the budget on one player. I think we need. I think we need that centre half, and I think we desperately need. You know, we obviously still need a, a defensive midfielder as well. 
it's on them now to go and put that, to put that right. like, one last point on the comments which we haven't mentioned from Bella here saying why are you talking about 60 million after we inflated Caicedo to 115 there is that you know again Caicedo Chelsea weren't prepared to go higher than 80 for Caicedo and they've we just been forced to go to 100 yeah worthy though you know like again they've, mm. they've been in no hurry to push that to push that button they've just had to go into the market and and and, and go above and beyond not that they give a shit of course but yeah oh, good point good point well wait sorry I'm just saying it. don't worry about like, second choices like you know Mo Salah was a second choice yeah um, Sadio Mane was a second choice you know you can get as long as you get the right player it doesn't matter it might not, it might not on paper be the Moises Casado but if Liverpool scouting of players is as good as we sometimes think it is and I always, I've been saying this when Liverpool sign players, they sound really good players. They just don't do it off. There's very few times they get it absolutely dog shit wrong. Yeah. They might have done that last summer with one of them, but we'll find out down the line. That if they can go and find someone, I wouldn't worry that it's second, third, fourth, I fifth choice. As long as, they, as long as they can play. Yep. And they might not be as good as Moises Casado. There's a good chance they're not because Liverpool obviously felt like he was the main man. But if it's Decore or if it's Luis or whoever it is, and they come in and they play to the level that they can play at, and that Liverpool yeah. think they can, we'll be better for it. Yeah. Um, that that's ultimately you know. Yeah. If, if 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 Julian Brandt would have said yes to Liverpool or or Marco Ruiz, mm. we might not have had Salah and Mane, and that the best front three we've ever had. So you can turn good thing, you can yeah. turn bad into good. <clears throat> but the issue is now is that. The, the we always had like plan A, B, C land up. How far down does Liverpool's list go, and, and how good are these players on there? Because yeah. that's the that's the problem. A, there's a comment here from Tarek uh, Marmar says, "Why on earth did we move for Agate? Because he he moved before we needed him. Ultimately, yeah. you know what I mean. Like we we were we were in the market for Fabinho plus Fabinho and Henderson plus a young DM understudy. Mm-hmm. Agate was off the table before we'd even we'd even come to the come to the table, and that's the the bit of the problem there is that Liverpool are having to react to it to the situation. They might have just thought he was crap. Like they didn't know yeah. they they know about the release fee. Like they, Liverpool know the release clause of every single player in Europe. They know it was yeah. a very, they're not. It's, they know every agent. You know every asking price for every single player because you've got so many people connected. You'd be amazed at like what how, how far Liverpool's tentacles reach across Europe, and they know every player's value contract release because they know it all. That's how they end up getting these. That's how they do well with the Sobers lies and the McCallis. They know what they're doing. Like they might have just thought he was crap, mm-hmm. and and it might have been the same with Carlos. Uh, what's his other guy's name? Is it? Um, Who's the lad who was at? Um, was it in? And if my forgot. Give us one. a clue. Yeah, give us some yeah, clues. Yeah, Betis. Like... Gabby Vega. Gabby Vega. Ends up at Napoli. Ends up at Napoli now. They might just. Yeah, 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 they might just. Do you like any of these any good? And they'll know everything about them all. Yep. So uh, my hope is, I think, for example, I think the Corey from Palace would be a good player for Liverpool. I think it's a good signing. But Crystal Palace sat there going, well, you've got under 11 million, haven't yeah. you, lads? It's like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, for example, someone comes to buy your car and if he turns up and he's got like a monocle and a fucking top hat on. Yes, I can get yeah, it. Yeah, up in Rick Chucky Bottom to these kicks on the tyres, you know. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> 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 a fucking Monopoly man turns up to buy your car. You're throwing a few zeros on, aren't you? And that's what they could be now. I'm, I'm a little bit worried about life. if we don't get a DM before uh, Newcastle. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Villa after that. And Villa. Every, every, every game without one. You know, professional, oh, no, professionals know, playing in professional positions. <laughs> I've seen where, sorry, one here from someone saying, uh, uh, from Chris saying, Enzo's worth every penny for Chelsea. I think Casado will tell us the same. This is my problem with transfer fees. It is not possible for them to be worth the money that they've spent for them because there's only so much money you can 
earn from being successful. You can earn like 95 million by winning the Champions League, but like you get 45 million for getting out the groups effectively. The amount of money that Chelsea spend, this is why the whole thing's stupid. And like they're playing a, a mad, weird, strange game with the future of that football club. Um, but anyway, it's not our fucking. I, 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 I'm at this point where I'm my like I like Liverpool being a sustainable business model gets tested every single day <laughs> that the transfer windows open. Right, we're going to call uh, look a halt to all this anyway. Uh, we're going to be doing the biased transfer podcast, the biased football podcast, in an amalgamated fashion. Yeah, after this, over on redmenplus.com. We're going to be talking about Neymar to Saudi. We're going to talk a little bit about Chelsea um, and what they're doing. We're going to be looking back on the weekend's games as well. And we're going to be naming our bell end of the week um, some strong contenders. Um, I think we can probably guess who that might be uh, from me, certainly. Um, guys, thank you so much. I think but I, I feel all right. It's fine. <laughs> We'll sign one. We'll sign one. We'll sign With that dog eventually. on fire in the meme, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, is this is Yoke's fine. Yoke's might be that dog in the meme, to be honest. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, right, Sal, thank you so much for joining us. Drop a like if you're on YouTube. Leave a five-star review if you're on podcasting apps. And if you want more, fill your boots over on redmenplus.com. Ta-da. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project... There's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.